Hey everybody, I'm Eric, and today I watched WWE Elimination Chamber 2017. Uh, th overall, this was a, a phenomenal show. It's not, it's not intended as a spoiler. It's not a spoiler, but saying it's not a spoiler is also a spoiler. So, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, top to bottom, I enjoyed this pay-per-view so much. Probably my favorite pay-per-view since I started watching at WrestleMania 32. And, um, yeah, yeah, if you haven't watched it yet, check it out. Check it out. There may be some spots you can fast forward, forward through. Maybe the, the promos, all the promos, or rather the uh, video packages are really well done. So they, they are worth watching. But if you watch the pre-show, uh, you're going to see all of those twice. So when they happen during the show, you can skip over them. Anyway, this episode, I'm going to do this for the pay-per-views, I think. Um, I decided I'll, I'll, I'll throw my hat in the ring. With some ratings, some uh, out of five uh, scored with uh, quarter point increments. Um, so we'll see uh, how how that how that works out. Anyway, um, so let's talk about the pre-show or the kickoff show. Uh, Carmella was the fourth seat on the panel, and I enjoyed that quite a bit, even though she didn't really participate very much. She was texting to James Ellsworth the whole time, or Jimmy. Um, that aspect of it was was pretty funny. And nobody came in to replace her after she left with Jimmy to go up into the um, the the skybox that he got for them. A private skybox. Well, not so private, as it turns out. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed that uh, whole thing throughout the show. Uh, I, I tweeted that I hope that we get a skybox, skybox update after every match, um, it was close enough. We got after every women's match, uh, which f f makes more sense. <laughs> it makes more sense than her commenting on every single match, uh, especially for people she's uh, has no has nothing to do with. Although James Ellsworth could have commented, well, he would have only commented on the chamber itself because Dean is in there, AJ Styles is in there, and those are pretty much the only two that he has to do with on SmackDown. But uh anyway, that that was pretty pretty funny. Pretty funny. And with her uh featured throughout the show and then the three singles women's matches on the main show, a whole lot of on-screen action, on-screen time for the women's division and that is awesome. Awesome. Now I think it would be kind of cool if they didn't do a men's elimination chamber match. It would be, it would be weird if they did two. Hell in a Cell with three Hell in a Cell matches was weird. Uh, so doing two elimination chamber matches was, would also be weird. But if there is a women's elimination chamber match, oh man, that would be awesome. It doesn't even maybe it doesn't even have to happen at elimination chamber. Maybe that happens at WrestleMania. At SummerSlam, we get six awesome women from SmackDown in Elimination Chamber, and they just go at it. I think that would be pretty awesome. Um, but anyway, uh, having all of them featured on a pay-per-view 
none of them even on the pre-show other than the uh extrastitial bits is no not extrastitial interst not even interstitial you know the the extra stuff from carmella uh then yeah really cool really cool uh, so we had one match in the kickoff show. Rojo, Rojo Molly. <laughs> Mojo Raleigh defeats Kurt Hawkins, as I had predicted, with the hyperdrive. Uh, right before that, he hits him with this huge right hand. And it's with that, re- even with the replay, the slow motion replay, it made contact. And uh, yeah, that was very convincing from both of them. Well, well done on that right hand. Uh, the rest of the match, eh, not not very memorable for me. So I give it 1.75 out of 5. I mean, it, it was solid, but uh, yeah, nothing made me like jump out of my seat or uh, exclaim, let out a little yelp of excitement or anything like that. Um, so that is my lowest ranked my lowest rated uh, match of the night, but I still enjoyed it. Uh, so moving on to the main show, uh, Becky Lynch defeats Mickey James with a jackknife roll up. Uh, another match that didn't have a whole, it didn't have any like wow moments. Um, it was pretty well paced and all of that, but uh, yeah, it, it just was, it seemed more like a, a regular match on SmackDown, not a pull out all the stops pay-per-view match. Um, but it, we, we did get some blood. Mickey James uh, elbow got busted open and, and the ref, I forget his name. Um, I, I, I read his name uh, like right after the match. Uh, but anyway, his gloves, he uh, gets uh, puts on some gloves to check on uh, her wounded elbow, but the gloves seem super tiny. They like don't go all the way to his wrist. So I thought that was kind of kind of funny. Um, but anyway, uh, pretty good match again, solid. But uh, like the kickoff show match, there wasn't anything that uh, really stuck with me, other than the tiny gloves and the bloody elbow. Um, but I give that match a 2.5. All right. Up next, we had Apollo Crews and Kalisto versus Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Apollo Crews and Kalisto end up on top after Apollo Crews delivers a spinning sit-out powerbomb. Or is it a spin-out powerbomb? Whatever it is. Uh, one of those jackrabat moves. But then uh, Dolph goes on a rampage afterwards and uh, smashes... Cruz's uh, uh, leg with a steel chair. Now the op- so the the ending of this match I thought was awesome, and then uh, because right before he hit that hits that power bomb, uh, Kalisto does like a Matrix style dodge um, to avoid a clothesline. I think it was, um, or maybe it was just a, a running punch, and uh, that gives him the opening for uh, Apollo Cruz to to finish the job. Um, awesome ending also an awesome start to the match as Kalisto is making his entrance Ziggler attacks him throws him into the the display breaks it and yeah it was it was brutal and got things off to a oh oh, things things are on this is on 
no, is that there's some phrase like that? Oh, it's on. That's that's what I'm thinking. Whatever. Um, then everything in between. It's like all right, this is kind of a standard standard match. Um, and then we got uh, Kalisto hobbling his way back up to the ring. He's really hurt, but the adrenaline kicks in, I guess, and he he starts whooping some butt. Uh, and at one point he was like, oh yeah, my back's supposed to be hurt. And then he starts kind of selling the injury again. Um, I thought that was kind of funny, but, uh, anyway, I give this match a 3.25. Yeah. Uh, up next we had the tag team turmoil. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed this. Uh, before I get, I'm just going to go through the eliminations. Um, but before that, Brizongo, Tyler Breeze and, and Fandango, uh, they had white. They looked like uh, naval officers or something. They, they had their their white fashion popo outfits, and they had popo fashion popo on their butts. I don't think I would uh, want popo on uh that part of my body because it's a little bit too close to saying poo poo or it it, or even it's uh just using the letters that are there it's a an anagram uh yeah an anagram of poop so i i don't know i don't know how i feel about that uh i think they should maybe move that uh onto their leg but then they have po they, then they have poo-poo running down their leg. Anyway, uh, we open the match with uh, Beauty and the Man Beast, Heath Slater and Rhino versus Brizongo. Uh, Rhino gores Fandango, and they're eliminated. Uh, in comes the VOD villains. We get some good offense from both of them, which is more, especially from Simon Gotch, than we've seen in quite a while. And so... Heath hits a DDT on Aiden English, and the Vaudevillains are eliminated. Uh, the Usos come out, and Jey Uso pins Heath Slater. Uh, American Alpha comes out. Uh, Chad rolls up Jey Uso after a blind tag. So the Usos are eliminated, but they don't leave right away. They are irates. They beat up on uh, Chad and Jason. Just... Uh, yeah, beat them up, beat them up, beat them up, and leave them hobbled, knocked out, destroyed in the ring for the Ascension to be the final team coming out. And at that point, as soon as that beatdown began, I was like, oh, man. Oh, man, Ascension is going to win this thing. Wow. And I was excited for it. I would never have expected to be so excited for the Ascension to come out the last in a tag team turmoil elimination match for the tag team titles. But I was. And they were powerful. Man, Connor especially is just destroying these guys. But uh, they they made some mistakes. And American Alpha got a uh, blessing from God from the heavens to uh, get the get the energy back to take advantage of uh, the little opening that they had to hit the grand amplitude on Victor and uh, Chad Gable. Was it, was it Gable? Yeah. Chad Gable 
pans Victor after that grand amplitude, and uh, we they remain American Alpha remains the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. I gave this match a three point seven five. Uh, if the ending didn't go how it did, it was a little bit unbelievable with how powerful Connor was during that and the huge beating that the Usos delivered to them uh, for them to pull out uh, out the win. So I would easily give it another half half point, give it a 4.25 if the Ascension had won. How crazy is that? How crazy is that statement? I would have given this match a half a point more if the Ascension had won the tag team titles. Unless they, unless they won it in a really goofy way. But the way the momentum they had was not goofy at all. It, it made more sense for them to win at that point. But uh, anyway, let's move on to the next match. Nikki Bella versus Natalia. Their whole feud catty thing. Um, lots of cats. So many cats. Uh, my favorite moment from this match... And probably my favorite uh, move outside of the chamber itself was a springboard in Shiguri by Nikki Bella. Was so I was not expecting that. And uh, for that reason, and in general, this match had a lot more energy, I felt, and uh, better uh, pacing, maybe just a little bit too long. Uh, if it was going to end up, it ends up in a double countout. So neither of them win. This is my first incorrect prediction of uh, of the night. Uh, and I, I'd say it's only half incorrect. Only half incorrect because neither of them won. But it's, yeah, it, it's going to end up in a double count out anyway. Didn't really need to go as long as it did. But it was pretty solid for the long amount of time it was. Uh, we also got the brawl continuing later on in the show. I'm kind of disappointed that we only go back to that once. I guess they did kind of break it up at that point. But uh, I think it would have been even funnier if they, they were then outside uh, for the second return to them than fighting. And then they like end up on a bus. And then open with SmackDown, they get off of the bus. They're still fighting and all of that. That would be awesome. But they didn't They didn't do that. Maybe someday they'll, they'll do that. That's how they open and begin like a whole month's worth of shows um uh, just pull the trigger on that take take the chance you don't have to have them talking about stuff they they're just fighting the entire time entire time beginning end of every show and then uh the feud ends at uh the at uh, a new pay-per-view called infinite fight and it's just them the entire thing and then there's uh extra uh, extra matches that happen while they're still fighting. There is, they just fight in the outside, outside of the ring while another match takes place in the ring. And then uh, it just interweaves the whole time. And every now and then they'll, t- they'll take a break because they end up backstage for a little while and then they come back out and all of that. Do it, do it. Not necessarily with Nikki and, and Natalia, but with somebody men or women, it would be it would be awesome. Every now and then, another person will join the fights, and then they'll get eliminated by getting thrown into a, a laundry chute or something like that, 
or uh, packed up into a box and then put onto a delivery truck. Um, yeah, it could be fantastic. Could be fantastic. Anyway, uh, another impressive uh, move, I thought. Well, the fearless lock in general is is so good. It looks so painful. And it looks like it, she could actually do some damn like cut off their air, choke them out. Because uh, her, her arm is all up around her throat. Uh, but she she counters a sharpshooter into the Furious Lock. And I thought that was awesome. Um, <laughs> with the Skybox update after this match, um, they both say... Basically, James Ellsworth just repeats whatever Carmella says. Uh, but I like I like the, the quote. They have major issues. They're out of control. Kind of JBL-ish. We've, we've heard him say... The show is out of control several times in the past. Um, all right. So this match, I give a 3.0. It had more energy and got me a bit more excited uh, than the Becky Lynch, Mickey James match, but it didn't have quite, uh, quite the number of wow moments as the previous two matches, the two on one and the, t- and the turmoil. All right. Uh, up next. We have Randy Orton versus Luke Harper. I thought for sure Luke Harper was going to come out of this one, but he is a monster anyway. Uh, it's It was almost like Orton defied the odds in this match and was able to, to take advantage of the only opportunity to hit an, an RKO. Uh, he avoids a disca, discus clothesline or lariat. What, are, what, is there really a difference between the two? Does it depend on which part of the arm hits their face or chest or neck or whatever? Maybe the, the lariat is the, the, the nape of the, the elbow and the clothesline is the forearm. You know what? I'm going to look this up. I'm going to look this up. Be right back. Okay. I looked it up according to this thread, and I believe it. It makes sense. Clothesline is uh, the arm held straight out, no movement of the arm uh, hitting the opponent. Um, Whereas the lariat uh, is the arm being used as a weapon. So the swinging of the arm or other action um, being taken by that arm. So it's not a discus clothesline. It's definitely a discus lariat, but they keep calling it the clothesline. And uh, the clothesline from hell, actually a lariat from hell, but that, that doesn't sound quite as good, I guess. Um, okay. So that, that said, Randy Orton uh, avoids that discus lariat and hits him with the RKO for the win. There's some great, great moments throughout this match. There's lots of table stuff. Uh, there's a a big superplex. Uh, he had two super kicks from Luke Harper that, uh, he wasn't able to take complete advantage of. Um, but, uh, is, is still a great, uh, great little combo. And uh, the the highlight for me for this match, um, outside of the ring, was JBL. Uh, he had some great he had some great lines uh, on this night. Um, I was enjoying it. Also, he fell. He totally fell when walking out uh, down the ramp to the to to the announcers' table. Um, but anyway, he said. Uh, after some of the table action, sorry, he, he says, 
Good thing there are eight of us out here in case one of us get hurt gets hurt. Oh, it made me laugh so much. I may have missed a lot because I was busy laughing at uh, him calling out the, the sheer number of announcers out there. There are literally eight people out there because they also had the Spanish team and the German team on uh, either side of them. So accurate and hilarious. So, uh, yeah, Randy Orton won this match. I give it a 4.25 because there were so many great, great in-ring moments. And uh, JBL, that comic gives another quarter point for me just because how hard that made me laugh. Um, So there, there we go. There you have it. The highest scoring match of the night so far um, would not be defeated for me by the next match, but the next match was, was a whole lot of fun to watch. Naomi versus Alexa bliss. Uh, I was certain. Oh man. I was wrong about three matches in a row here. Uh, I was, I was certain that Alexa bliss was going to retain the championship and then we'd end up with four, a fatal four-way at WrestleMania. Maybe we would still get that, but not with the same defending champion going in. Or at least not in the current state. Naomi wins the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. And that was so awesome. Um, and the finishing move, that same split-legged moonsault, um, Alexa was able to, while she got hit, by the first one that she did um she absorbed it with uh the most cushiony part of her body um her butt and uh she's able to roll out to the to the edge of the ring under the ropes so that she couldn't get the pen right away very smart very smart but she wasn't expecting a second one and she ended up taking that one on her hip like laying sideways that had to be painful that had to be painful um, and it was enough to take her out. Some great moments, uh, some great things about this match um, was, well, we also had a twist of bliss, but uh, she caught it, you know, the knees to her gut. And we got her knees up. Uh, so that was another downfall. Um, everything before that was was real solid. Uh, I always enjoy watching Alexa, Alexa Bliss's matches. Uh, just from uh, her her character work and all of that. Um, and uh, Naomi is so, so much better than she was before that, that break off. So whatever, she, whatever, whatever she did in that time, time off there, keep that up because it's, it's awesome to see uh, these matches get better and better. Um, I also really liked Alexa Bliss's ring gear. I'm not sure. I think it's Supergirl inspired. Maybe it's both Wonder Woman and Supergirl. I say I, I was initially thinking Wonder Woman uh, because of the gold parts, um, but her uh, cartoon logo on uh, her shirt there—it's uh, it had kind of a Superman shield, or rather, uh, you know, the Supergirl shield uh, around the edges. So I don't know. It's probably a mix of both. But I thought it was, that was really cool. And uh, another great progression going along from Harley Quinn. Now we have Wonder Woman, Supergirl. Awesome. 
Uh, so I gave, I gave this match a 4.0. 4.0. I really liked it. And uh, at some point, I'm going to go back and watch it again. Got to see all the stuff that I missed and maybe wasn't paying attention to um, entirely because uh, it, it was a lot of fun to watch. And that brings us to the Elimination Chamber match. I took so many notes, uh, all, the, all of the moments that happened throughout, but, you know, that's going to take way too. Just go watch this match so you can get the full effect of it. But I am going to talk about the, uh, the entry order, the elimination order, and what uh, happened immediately before and after each of those things. So uh, we open the match with AJ Styles versus John Cena, the face-off, the kind of rematch from, uh, from Royal Rumble that everybody wants to see. So I, I think everybody wants to see AJ Styles as the new champion. I, I certainly did. Uh, so they go at it. It's kind of a standard match. They're not doing anything crazy with their surroundings as far as the chamber itself. Uh, but it's still so much fun to watch. Uh, right before John has, he's laid out AJ Styles is getting ready to do that five knuckle shuffle. The timer counts down. And the first pod opens up. Dean Ambrose enters, and things get nuts. He he immediately goes after them with uh, using the the cage, uh, those chain walls as a weapon, and all of that. And uh, yeah, it, it it just gets it got me going. It got my excitement uh, levels up. And uh, I mean, I was already pretty excited from from the the first part of the match, but uh, now they're actually using the cage. Uh, he had a big elbow off the top of one of the pods. Uh, this is a new elimination chamber uh, structure. Uh, it's it's square, and uh, there's also grating on the top of each of the pods. So you can climb up there. You have solid footing, and then there's also plexiglass on the four corners above the pods. Uh, so there are some great shots with that. Um, Later on, we have Dean smashing AJ's face into that into that plexiglass. That was probably the best shot of the entire match. There was another one where something was happening with the the camera lingered, so like the beams at the top of the the cage were just covering everything, and they sat on that for it's it seemed like forever. It's probably only one second. I was like, oh, come on, come on, they're they're about to do something, but um, but. Other than that one moment, there are so many awesome shots of this chamber. And uh, anyway, anyway, the excitement was up. Uh, we got a, a double suplex delivered by John Cena to Dean Ambrose and AJ Styles. That was awesome. Uh, and then immediately after that, the second pod opens up. Bray Wyatt enters the fray. Bray Wyatt enters the Bray. Uh, he, he goes after AJ first, flings him into a wall and then is fighting, uh, you know, as he does. And then AJ and Cena are climbing up the, climbing up the walls. Uh, AJ ends up being able to take a breather on top of one of the pods. Uh, unfortunately I was, I was convinced we were going to see a phenomenal forearm off of the top of the, one of the pods. But I think after that first big elbow off the top by Dean Ambrose is kind of redundant to see that. So I don't think we really needed to, but I was still disappointed that we didn't get that at any point. 
Um, we did get a phenomenal forearm, but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Dean hits another one of these double suplexes, but this is out of the corner. Um, AJ is up on the turnbuckle. Bray is trying to throw him off, but Dean uh, gets both of them. Uh, and then that moment uh, is interrupted by the third pod opening up. Baron Corbin enters the ring. He hits the end of days on John Cena, but Dean attacks him. He uh, he keeps him from being able to go for the pin, um, and he just cleans house. He wipes everybody out, and it's it's fantastic. It's fantastic. And then the Miz's pod opens up. He is scared out of his mind. He doesn't even try to go out of the pod, but Baron Corbin is staring him down, staring him down, and Dean Ambrose rolls him up and gets a pen. He's he's out. He's out. Baron Corbin is the first one eliminated at the hands of Dean Ambrose. And Baron Corbin, understandably, is not happy about that. He goes on a rampage, just destroys Dean Ambrose, uh, hits him with an end of days, among many other things that he does to him, and then leaves leaves the ring. And The Miz, still hiding in his pod, he's he kind of like a, a, a reluctant rabbit, pokes his head out. It's like, oh, oh, look what we have here. He sneaks over, steals the pen. Dean Ambrose is eliminated, and The Miz is left with these monsters. These other monsters. AJ Styles, John Cena, and Bray Wyatt. But he puts up an amazing fight. An awesome fight, I should say. Uh, he's, he's, he's just putting him, out, putting him out, putting him out, left and right, uh, until... He goes for a big cross blot. I mean, he even hits the skull-crushing finale on Bray Wyatt. Uh, if I remember, he might have even done that on the outside of the ring. It is padded. It's not bare steel grating like it has been in the past. But still, who's who's upset? Who Who's seriously upset that these wrestlers aren't going to get as injured as they would if there wasn't a padding there? Anyway, um... He he continues his rampage, but uh, I've used rampage for two wrestlers now in this match. But uh, the Miz goes for a cross body on John Cena. Big mistake. He uh, catches him, rolls on t- over his back, uh, and uh, turns it, counters it into uh, the setup for the attitude adjustment. Hits Miz with that. It's the only move that he took. Maybe like that suddenness. Uh, just put him into shock so he wasn't able to kick out or anything uh but the miz is then eliminated a bit of a bummer but as i said in my predictions maybe i didn't say in my predictions but i the miz i thought would be the weirdest person to win the championship in this match i would have been kind of shocked i would have been mad i wouldn't been upset or mad or disappointed or any other synonyms but I would have been kind of like, huh, I didn't, that, that was, that was weird. That's weird. That's weird. Where is this going from here? Anyway, uh, Miz is eliminated. Now we're down to three. AJ Styles, John Cena, and Bray Wyatt. 
and Bray Wyatt eliminates John Cena after Sister Abigail. What? What? This is actually happening. This is actually happening. I mean, yeah, uh, many people were like, yeah, Bray Wyatt's going to win. So we have Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania. But when it's actually happening, it's like, oh, they're really doing it. They're, this is really happening. Uh, and we get AJ Styles versus Bray Wyatt. I don't think we've seen that matchup before, at least one-on-one. And, and the fight. The excitement keeps up. It's uh, it's so much fun to watch these two go at it. AJ hits the 450, but he uh, he takes a little bit of damage. The the springboard 450 off of the ropes, so awesome. Um, but it's not quite enough. So he goes over to the ropes again uh, to go for the phenomenal forearm. But Bray recovers enough, counters it into the sister Abigail, and pins AJ Styles to win the WWE championship. Awesome. So awesome. Such a great moment to end, to end the pay-per-view. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. We do have a long way to go until WrestleMania. It's like 47 days from now from when I'm recording this. Uh, so we'll see what happens before then. But, uh, I mean, Everyone was worried after the Royal Rumble win. Oh, it's going to be John Cena versus Randy Orton again. Blah, blah, blah. No, we have a lot of time before then. It's not going to be going against the person who has the championship right now necessarily. But maybe John Cena will win it again before then. And 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 then I'll 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 eat my words and I'll say okay, okay, we did end up with that. Ah. <sighs> But anyway, as of the moment, super exciting. There's a Talking Smack episode afterwards, some good stuff on there. My favorite thing about it was Alexa talking about how she's had a nightmare of a day. It kind of making an excuse. But then immediately afterwards, uh, yelling at Renee for making excuses, even though Renee was just listing the exact same things that she had just said about having a nightmare of a day. Not being hydrated enough, that it's too hot, not getting enough sleep, all of that's not eating the right food. And then later on, Naomi saying, did she really say all that? All right, well, I'm going to buy her food. I'll bring her drinks. I'll make sure she has, she can get good, enough sleep and all that because I'll, I'll fight her. I'll give her a rematch whenever. So I'm looking forward, I'm looking forward to see what happens with everything. Um, I'd say the only real disappointment, I guess, was the ending of the tag team turmoil. With how that ending was building up, it just felt uh, incongruous for American Alpha to be able to come out on top. I mean, I I wanted them to come out on top, but uh, how the story unfolded during that match, it it didn't it didn't make sense for that to happen anymore. Uh, so hopefully now maybe we'll have. Ascension one-on-one against American Alpha on SmackDown. That would be pretty cool. Um, And then they win? I think that could totally happen. And I think we need to have these one-on-one matches. Enough with these multi-tag team matches for the title. I think we need a few one-on-one team matches. And get something. I think they could 
they could put on something that's as exciting as revival versus DIY or revival versus anybody else. I think it's possible, but we got, you know, give them, give them that same amount of time that this tag team turmoil match was, but just the two teams, no outside interference, just them just throwing down the entire time. And it could be awesome. So that is it for Elimination Chamber 2017. I enjoyed it so much. I can't wait to see what happens on SmackDown next. Let me know what you thought about Elimination Chamber by tweeting me at TIW Podcast. Go to todayiwatched.com for more reviews and links to all the other social media pages and stuff. Uh, Subscribe on iTunes, write a review on iTunes, and support the show even more at Patreon dot com slash today i watched uh thanks so much for tuning in and i'll be back real soon with week seven of wwe 2017 bye